Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Koo and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips and valuable ideas on how to get published. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Christmas 2011 podcast for the Sydney Writers' Centre. Today we're doing something a little bit different. As regular listeners will know, I usually interview one person in this podcast series. But today I'm talking to two authors. And for this special Christmas podcast, I wanted to talk to two former students of the Sydney Writers' Centre. Many students have scored book deals or have carved out a new career writing for magazines and newspapers after doing our courses here at the Sydney Writers' Centre. Heather Smith and Al McKillop are not only part of the dynamic alumni of the centre, they're also active in our online community and we frequently connect through social media. Let's get stuck straight into meeting Heather and Al, who have both written non-fiction books. So thanks for joining us today, Heather and Al. Hi, thank you for having us. Well, Heather, let's start with you. Your first book, published by Wiley, has just been released, or it's being released this month, isn't it? Tell us what it's about. Thank you, uh, Valerie. Thank you for having us on the show. Uh, The first book is entitled Learn MYOB in Seven Days. So as the name suggests, it is a book, an introductory book uh, to teach for you to actually help teach yourself how to actually use MYOB and how to use it within your business and how to understand your numbers and how to use uh, your numbers to better manage your business. So useful for uh, anyone wanting from a bookkeeper through to a job seeker through to a small business owner. And it's a great time of year, isn't it? Because this is the time of year that people are always thinking, once Christmas is done, I'm going to actually learn MYOB and get stuck into actually figuring out how to use it. Look, absolutely, absolutely. It's all part of self-development. And I'm a really big believer in that if if you are a business owner, you don't necessarily have to know everything that there is to do in MYOB, but you have to understand the numbers and you have to use them to manage your business. And this is really what a lot of this book is about. It's First, it, it has the fundamentals there, but it also goes through and says this is how you should design your report so you can get good information out of this. And this is what you should be looking at to manage your business better. So it's really for the person who is entrepreneurial, who is uh, looking to better understand their finances. But really, I mean, I've tried to learn MYOB. Can you really learn it in seven days? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think it's really about jump-starting and it gives you uh, the concise elements. Every every section is broken down into a seven-day element. And I find with people, because I'm a consultant, I've dealt with close to a 1,000 people teaching them MYB, which sounds amazing, but through training I have done that. And I find if you break things down, every day is about two to three hours. And with my clients, when I work with them, sometimes they ring me up and they book me for five hours and I say, no, two to three hours and then we'll build on top of that. So you may not do every 
seven days, you may not do them consecutively, but if you said, okay, every Monday I'm going to pick up the book and just work my way through it, by the end of the seven days of working on it, you will have such a good understanding of using MYOB. You'll be able to talk to your bookkeeper better. You'll be able to talk to your accountant better. You'll understand what's going on in your business, and that's really exciting. Well, I can't wait for it to come out. Now, Al, your yes. book is very, very different and it's just been released with Germinal Press. Tell us what your book is about. Well, I, it's probably as far away from MYOB as you can get, but <laughs> I guess in one way it is uh, complementary in that it's a, a personal development book in some ways. So uh, this book is about uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, which uh, is now commonly known as uh, cage fighting, uh, made popular through uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship UFC, which has a big pay-per-view following uh, on the TV around the world. It's actually the fastest growing uh, spectator sport in the world. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of gives people a, a tongue-in-cheek, uh, sharp, insightful, irreverent look at uh, at the whole sport from from the history right through to... Uh, how to do some of it, uh, and you know, in, in terms of um, entrepreneurs and, and small business people uh, learning a new skill, perhaps they might need to learn some skills to deal with their accountant. They can't use it for MYOB purposes. <laughs> now, the book is called "The Last Word: Mixed Martial Arts." Are you a uh, cage fighter yourself, Al? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I've never, I've never been in a cage, and I've probably never actually been in a proper fight because I'm too much of a sissy. Uh, but um, I guess uh, martial arts is, is something that I've always had a bit of an interest in. Uh, right back from days of uh, good old Bruce Lee films, Enter the Dragon and things like that. Uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, I, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not Sydney born and bred. Uh, I come from uh, Glasgow area in Scotland, uh, which had a bit of a reputation for uh, being a, a rough and tough uh, area and people knew, how, knew they had to know how to fight. Uh, not everybody got a bit of a bad, a bad rep in that respect. But... You know, I think uh, people started doing uh, judo or they started doing karate and it, it became, well, my judo is better than your karate and I can take you down or you can, you'll can you never have a chance against me. And what's happened is that um, martial arts throughout the world kind of everybody started saying, well, mine's better than yours, uh, let's prove it. And the cage fighting uh, evolved uh, through a number of disciplines uh, into what it is today to kind of try and prove which is the best, um, but I don't think anybody can really prove which is the best. Uh, the mixed martial artists today are, are really rounded uh, fighters, uh, and you know they've got a grounding in just about every martial art there is going. Um, so, so that's uh, that's how it is. I do a bit of boxing, uh, but I only really hit pads rather than people, uh, unless I, unless I slip and miss. Uh, but that's about as close as I get to it. <laughs> So tell us about the research for this book then. How did you go about researching it if you didn't actually put yourself in the cage to get body slammed and eye gouged and all of that? Yeah, and I guess, you know, this is the wonder of the internet when you're trying to research something like this. What I did was I came up with a structure with the book for the book and agreed that with the publisher uh, and uh, started really uh, researching that through uh, both the internet and uh, books and, and watching on TV, to be honest, uh, and speaking to some people who who, are, who train in this. 
I mean, there are people uh, in, in martial arts schools who, who uh, specifically train in MMA. Uh, I'm just getting an insight into you know, how hard it is apart from anything else. Uh, but yeah, it was, a lot of it was around the history and uh, and some of the fun stuff as well. You know, who's got the worst tattoo and who's got the worst entrance <laughs> song. Uh, there, there, there's just, uh, like any sport of this magnitude, there are some right characters in there. Uh, and I, you know, tried to tease that out. And, go, go on then, who's got the worst entrance song? Oh, I, um, I won't tell you his name, but the worst entrance song was uh, Phil Collins' In the Air Tonight. Really? <laughs> you imagine the scene, you know, you've got a, a few thousand people uh, sh- screaming for blood, waiting for you to come out. Uh, the lights go down and the music starts. And I don't know if you know that tune, but it's got a really, really slow start. Yes. And Phil Collins comes in at about a minute and a half with the drum solo. It's the slowest song in the world. Uh, it's what we call in Scotland a dirge. Uh, it's a, a good Scottish, a good Scottish name, and it takes the guy thirty seconds to get into the ring from from the side of the ring. You, ma- you imagine seeing these boxers coming down with their, uh, with you know their hoods on and their their entourage around them and uh, things like Eye of the Tiger going. Yeah. This guy's walking into uh, in the air tonight. You know the crowd have gone to sleep by the time he gets there. <laughs> so, so yes, there, there's a few characters like that. That's definitely the worst entrance song. Now, both of you, in addition to being authors or new authors, you have day jobs. So tell us, Al, tell us what your day job is, and then Heather. Yeah, my day. So I, I kind of write for a living, or I, I, I don't do so much of the direct writing now. I, I'm a corporate communications manager, and have done that for most of my career. Uh, I always thought my first book was going to be an anthology of uh, CEO messages that I've written, um, because believe it or not, your CEO doesn't really write all their own messages. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I deal with a lot of uh, corporate communications issues. Uh, I've had a lot of writing, business writing published through that genre. Uh, but uh, my uh, the day job kind of gets in the way of the evening writing job. <laughs> and Heather, yourself? Um I am a uh, chartered certified accountant and I help small business owners manage their um, accounting function. So I don't go in and actually do it for them, but when they run into problems or if they need to understand things, I help them. So I, I, I deal with hundreds of businesses. It's actually quite amazing. And many of them I just actually remotely connect in with. So they'll just ring me or text me or phone or, or, or contact me by email and they'll say, okay, having a problem with this report and I use uh, GoToAssist software to remotely access their computer and it's, it's amazing. I do it for universities and for, for uh, government organisations and for very, very small businesses and I log in and I'll show them what to do and how to do it uh, using a variety of different accounting software programs and uh, help them manage their business all the way through to perhaps fast statements. So I'm being an accountant, I'm not a tax accountant, but I just support lots and lots of little businesses. So really, really exciting job because I get to see and talk with so many small business owners. And I typically, I can be sitting here in my, my little office with my dog at my feet and I can be dealing with 10 different clients in the day. So lovely, fabulous job for me. <laughs> so it's a pretty, sounds like a pretty busy job. Why did you want to write a book? I have probably always been a writer and uh, have thousands of hundreds or 
journals and writing all over the place and always wanted to write a book. I had a, a manuscript uh, in the cupboard, at the back of the cupboard, and I kept filling it out and redoing it for submission. And then one day I accidentally, oh, well, I was looking through my junk folder and I saw this little email from uh, Wiley asking me to write a book for them and um, I screamed and <laughs> probably I was in Randwick in Sydney at the time and probably lots of people sort of stopped in their tracks and uh, <laughs> and that's how it came about. So always wanted to write a book. I, I, perhaps maybe it was just the, the catalyst that got me going because I should have, I, I really should have written something 10 years ago, but I, I just didn't know where to go. Um, yeah, so people so. are going to be wondering how in the world this email ended up in your junk folder. Uh, <sighs> not the fact that it was in your junk folder, but how do you think Wiley identified you as somebody that, that they would like to see a book proposal from? I uh, did the... Uh online feature writing course with Sydney Writers' Centre, which uh, really helped me uh, understand what I should be doing with writing. And, like, um, I, I found that was fabulously useful uh, writing course to do. And so what I started doing then was writing blog posts for other organisations, such as Flying Solo and My Business, and, uh, uh, and then they would appear in 9MSN or Woman's Day. And... Oh, it was such a good feeling to be writing. And so every time I would see a client and he would have these issues, I would go home and I would write it up because I'd see that client the same issues over and over and over again. So to try and sort of help people out, I would write it up, identify it all, bullet point it all, and then sort of get it published somewhere. And in the end, the uh, Learn MYB in Seven Days book, a lot of it was pulled together from articles I'd actually put together as blog posts in other places. Um, also, I, I, I tweet a lot and I have Facebook profile and LinkedIn profile. So I was really uh, involved and connected with people in social media. But I... I Wiley uh, and my editor at Wiley said she'd been following me for a while. So um, I hadn't approached her. I hadn't talked to her. Uh, they said that they had just been following my, my articles. And so that was probably maybe two years into me just blogging for other people and blogging myself. So, yeah, so... So you're already um, going. To, you're already onto your second book. You've yes. been commissioned to write your second book, which yes. is "Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days." Is that right? Yes. Yes. Very excited about that one. Yes. So tell us how that came about. I mean, because obviously Wiley first only commissioned you for one book. How did the second one happen? The second one. Uh, I finished the first one probably almost a year ago now. But what happened was the actual release of it got delayed uh, due to the software keeps slightly uh, – the release date of the software keep, kept changing on me. So the book couldn't be released until the updated software was released. So I'd finished the first one. I got it all sent off, packed away, and I talked to my editor. I said, well, I have this idea in mind. And she said, put together a proposal. And so they have this very structured form that they template that they give you for putting together a proposal. And you have to say what you perceive the book will do. What are the chapters that you're going to offer them? You have to say, what is the market? Who is the market? How will you promote the book? And, and, and so you put that template together and, and it's submitted to Wiley. And there are two different departments who go through the process of approving it. And it 
came back approved and so I'm on the journey of writing it. So um, I think about 42,000 words into a 55,000-word book at the moment. Wow. <laughs> Almost there. Almost. So, <laughs> now, Alastair, which is your full name. <laughs> and Sunday name. Your Sunday name, yes. <laughs> uh, I know that you, are, you don't only write about business writing and you don't only write about cage fighting. You also have a novel in there somewhere. Uh, is, is that right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess uh, a bit like Heather, I've had uh, a lot of stories running around my head. I mean, to be honest, my, my first passion outside of uh, work writing is very much creative writing. And I did the creative writing course at, uh, at the Writer Centre. Uh, well, I'm not entirely sure when, but it must be over a year ago now. Um, and, you know, I'd never really set out to write a, a fictional book, if, even if this is called a fictional book. But uh, I guess my process for that, uh, just to, to kind of give the opposite of what uh, Heather had to go through, um, mine was really around, the process I went around was uh, coffee and wine, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. which, which I have to say sounds far more exciting than filling in uh, marketing templates. Uh, because the, the chap that, uh, that has established Germinal Press uh, is a guy called Steve Townsend that I, I worked with. Uh, and uh, he set up this indie publishing uh, imprint. And, uh, you know, he had this idea for this book and uh, had asked me to, to write the first draft, uh, which I did. And then we went on to, do, to kind of co-author it with a guy called Paul Hansford. But I, I like uh, writing crime fiction. And uh, I've got a number of short stories that are... Uh, sitting there waiting to be uh, expanded into something a bit more substantial. Uh, and I have, uh, I did start the, the NaNoWriMo uh, journey this year, but uh, unfortunately didn't get to the end of it with 50,000 words. But I've got the start of something that uh, hopefully uh, will come to fruition in the not too distant future. So why are you interested in crime writing? Is it, you know, is it the solving the mystery? Is it the, yeah. what is it? Uh, so I, I like telling a story. So for me, I, crime's all about a story uh, or an adventure story of some description. Uh, I, and that's all, you know, when I started reading, it was all people like uh, Wilbur Smith. And even when I go back beyond that, it was Biggles books by W.E. Johns and Enid Blyton. And it was all kind of adventure stories that all had a, uh, you know, a twist in the tail. Uh, and then I, I, I kind of, I always liked crime Pieces and you know, coming from Scotland, there's some fairly uh, well-established crime writers, uh, people like Ian Rankin and Val McDermott, who who are you know worldwide uh, worldwide successful crime authors. And you know, I I I just like being able to tell the story and throwing in some twists and some good characters. And mm. and I guess I, I do like. Uh, a bit throwing in a bit of dry Scottish humour in there as well. Now, some people who have full-time jobs or, or businesses like, like both of you, they say that they don't have time to write. How do you guys fit in time to write a book and like with Heather, your second book and with Al, you, you know, not only your book but also an entire crime novel that you're, you're working on at the moment. So how do you fit in the time? Is there, do you allocate space? Do you fit it in wherever? Take me through it. Why don't we start with you, Al? Yeah, I, so when I was writing uh, the Mixed Martial Arts book, Last Words uh, Mixed Martial Arts, uh, the, I guess the driving force for that was really a deadline. 
um, and, a, and a fairly aggressive deadline. But you know, it, it was really just making sure I had the time allocated at the weekends more than through the week to do that. Um, the creative piece on um, around the novel and, and short stories, I, I'm not very disciplined at going, you know, and saying I'm going to write a thousand words a day or anything like that. I, I'm kind of one of these guys that uh, when the mood takes me, I will just go with it, and I usually go with it uh, and do ten thousand words in a go or something like that. Uh, which is probably why I've never been published yet. I haven't had the uh, the discipline around uh, around writing that. It's more when the muse takes me, uh, I will I will do it. So is, is coffee and wine involved? I yeah, and, and well, coffee, wine, and whiskey is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, my goal for this year is to be far more disciplined around setting aside time for writing. Uh, mm. You know, uh, my. You know, I, I suppose you know we all set goals for for ourselves. I and you know this was my first New Year in Sydney, and the the theme of the New Year celebration in Sydney was make your mark. And I said, yeah, this year I'm going to make my mark, and part of that is to be published. Uh, now this wasn't the mixed martial arts wasn't exactly what I had in mind at the time I made that, but you know, uh, a goal's a goal, and uh, I can do that. But certainly my my goal for next year is to uh, to fulfil the dream and, and really have a, a fiction. A novel uh, certainly well on the way to being published, if not published. Fantastic! I love it that you that you decided to make your mark and you had a book published. And I have to say, I have the book, and uh, some people may know I have more than a passing interest in cage fighting myself. So I thought it was absolutely amazing that you wrote a book on that very topic and I absolutely love it but um Heather tell me how do you fit it in I mean you've got kids too (laughs) (laughs) could I first say that um I have read some of um Alistair's uh fictional work and it is really 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 good quality and and I'm so impressed and I know he's going to be an international bestseller one day um but I perhaps am more methodical about the way I write and, and, and in the terms of what I'm writing, it's perhaps more a technical book. So I'm given 55,000 words. I break that up or I perceive that as 110, 500 word groups or, or blogs, okay? So I've got f- 110 different sections that I'm then writing about. So if I'm looking at maybe putting together 500 words, what I think about is, well, basically, I just have to get about three points out in each of those 500-word groupings. So I'll think about something while I'm driving in the car or cleaning up or something like that. I work out in my head what those three points are going to be. So then I can sit down, put them down, flesh it out, write it up. So I, I, I look at 500 words. I will then pin it on the fridge, cook the dinner, come back, edit it, edit it, edit it. Even sometimes, oh, I should actually go back one step. Sometimes I'll actually go, this is what I'm going to write about tomorrow. I'll then sleep on it, which is a fabulous technique for actually pulling together all the things that you want to think about and pulling into that article. So I will always go to bed on an idea I'm going to write on. Mm. Then I pull it together and what I then have is 110 little pieces and, and, and you then stitch it together like a quilt. So... It's each one is full of information and brimming and then you've just got to pull them all together and sometimes they came out 300 words and you have to flesh them out a bit more. But 
because it's not a fictional novel and you're writing a story, well, you are writing a story, but it's not the same sort of story. Uh, like at the moment, I'm trying to flesh out uh, insurance for the small business owner. So you can imagine, I just have to sit down, research that kind of area, understand, bring in my own thoughts and what I've seen out there, pull it together, flesh it out to 500 words, and then I'll focus on something else. So hopefully that explains it, but it really... 55,000 words, God, that sounds like an awful lot of words. But then if you go, well, no, it's 110 lots of 500 words. That really sounds a lot more manageable. And, you know, 500 words, and that's what I practice with. That's what I practice with Flying Solo, which was really great, uh, fabulous ground for for starting off with. Um, and, and that's what I'm trying to practice with other blogs, 500 words. That's a fantastic, me- very method- methodical. <laughs> I, I'm blown away by that. <laughs> I am an accountant. So. That's what I was going to say. Well, senior an accountant. <laughs> now, Al, I saw your tweet the other day and you tweeted a picture of yourself with your book in Dimmix. What was it like going into Dimmix? And this was in the city, was it? And, yeah. and seeing your book on the shelves like that. I tell you, that, that was a, a bit of a special moment. Um, mm. My mum and dad were here for a holiday uh, and they've just gone back to Scotland. Uh, and obviously they'd heard about the book, but uh, to actually walk into a bookshop and uh, be able to pick it off the shelf uh, when your mum's there, mm. uh, it's a bit of a special moment. So yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was really, uh, really one of those moments that will go down for me as being, uh, being top up, a uh, top moment. It was wonderful. I loved it when I saw it. I just, I, I was thrilled. Yeah, um, but speaking of Twitter, you're both very active tweeters <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, active in social media. Can you tell me, Heather, perhaps if you can start mm-hmm. first, yep. if Twitter or other social media, you, you touched on this a bit already, um, has played a part in, or how much it's played a part in building your online profile or, or putting you in contact with people in the industry or, you know, forwarding your career as a writer, really? Okay, in terms of the technical aspect of writing, and I've discussed this with you in the past actually, but I find Twitter really, really useful in the fact that I have 140 characters. So if I'm working on a sentence, I will frequently uh, post the sentence on Twitter to see if I've actually been able to explain what I'm trying to explain. Oh, sorry, that that explains a lot now. (laughs) 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 I just thought you were mad. (laughs) There was method to the madness, Al. Absolutely. But but what I'm doing is I'm I'm constructing a sentence. Like this morning, or no, it was last night, I've constructed a sentence about there's a website you go to to find grants, government grants for small business. So I construct it, I post it out there, and then people come back to me and they react to it. So that actually provides me with, A, the sentence made sense, B, people found it interesting and this is why they found it interesting. And so if they ask further questions, well, do I need to put more in the book? So from that perspective, I actually find it really useful to ask questions. And I'm one of these people who who really believes uh, I don't want to... I don't want to pull the wool over your eyes when I'm explaining something. I want to explain it really simply so you understand it. Mm. And I find a lot of things I pick up, maybe because I'm dumb, 
I don't understand them. Or I go to a lecture and I'm like, what are you talking about? I got nothing from that. And, mm. and so it's really important to me to get things from it. And so seeing that you can put something out there and it gets retweeted or, or, or picked up by someone means that I've connected with someone, means that someone there has understand or responded to me. But then the second thing I'll say is I really use it for research. So I will, if I'm looking for something, I will put perhaps a hashtag on the word. So by putting a hashtag on the word, it means I can then post a tweet and say perhaps, uh, let's go back to the insurance one. So if I'm thinking about writing about insurance, I'll go, I'll put up some sentence about insurances. Do you have insurance for your small business? I will then hashtag insurance. I will then post it, click on insurance. I will then get a column up of people talking about insurance, which then may identify people who are perhaps experts to me, who I can then perhaps ask questions of. So things that I'm unaware of or things that I'm trying to find out, I'm then in front of someone asking them questions, which is really useful and really time saver. Um, I obviously have to go and verify everything that they've said, but sometimes you already know, you just kind of, you're just kind of double checking with someone. Mm. Then the third aspect, as you said, in terms of uh, connecting with people, I find uh, the social media, LinkedIn and Twitter. So in LinkedIn, perhaps the group areas of LinkedIn, I find them really useful for the niche area that you're working in. So my, my love, my love is small business. I'm passionate about small business. So it allows me to connect with other small business owners and LinkedIn allows me to connect with other small business owners and, 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 and as well as your flying solos with their forums, etc. It allows me to talk with them about various things. And I think through doing the course at uh, the Sydney Writers' Centre, I'm now talking because you have your own private forum, which has been really useful for finding out, uh, just going through that technical stuff about the actual writing process and, and getting it out there and, oh, is this okay or is this not okay? But actually now talking to authors, which is kind of a bit mm. freaky. So I kind of, I have another separate, I, I, I follow lists. And so I have a separate list of just authors who I follow and talking with people who are actually writing and who are pulling their hair out during the writing process or who are saying, you know, this really helps me write or this hasn't helped me write, etc. And watching the... I always say it wrong, the Nihao Ma thing that's been going in November. <laughs> NaNoWriMo for those people who are listening. <laughs> Watching that has been really interesting and seeing people actually write. And so Twitter, uh, having a tweet deck or having Hootsuite, which I've just set up myself, which I've just converted myself to, uh, allows you to connect and talk with people while you're writing. And so it's really, I found it really motivational. You're absolutely methodical in the way you're using social media as well. That's, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> Al, you are an active tweeter. <laughs> yes, and uh, rather than, than using 140 characters to test out whether something makes sense, I use 140 characters to test out if my bad jokes work or not. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly not as methodical as Heather, and I, I really applaud the way she uses social media as, uh, across all the platforms. Uh, but I, you know, for me, it's just been a great way of connecting with people. And to be honest, I wouldn't be speaking to you two if it hadn't been for social media. That's right. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's been fantastic uh, from that point of view. It's fantastic as well for me to, 
to connect with authors, uh, established authors, published authors, uh, and people are kind of at the same stage of their journey as me. You know, they've got lots of ideas, lots of words, not necessarily in the right order, uh, sitting there waiting for the the moment to to get them out there and uh, and really. Uh, look forward to, to seeing it in print. Um, but yeah, I, and I do use um, LinkedIn I, for for my work uh, uh, as well. So uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I'd do without it. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of the most underrated tools um, for for a lot of authors. There's a lot of power in social media, and as you say, Al, the three of us probably wouldn't be speaking today yeah. if if it wasn't for social media. Um, so. <clears throat> Your books, both your books, are being are very recently released, and Heather, any day now, December. I'm interested to know what you have planned for both of you. What you have planned by way of promotion—that is, do you have any strategies in place to, you know, boost sales, or, or are you, or are you preferring to do it, uh, leave that to the publisher? Well, let me take that one because you know I I haven't really got a. a a marketing plan in place other than doing podcasts like this lovely session this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my publisher is certainly, you know, putting things out on social media. We're canvassing the, um, the, the mixed martial arts training clubs, uh, trying to get some uh, MMA uh, artists, uh, if that's the right word, or fighters to, to give us endorsement quotes and stuff like that. So, uh, really, it's been led by my publisher rather than me, but I will support it in any way I can, obviously. Sure. And the great thing about your book is that because it is so niche, it is not that difficult to find the market, to find the target audience. That's true. Yeah. Mm. So. And you, Heather, how about you? The book that I've written is retailing at twenty nine ninety five, and it's quite a small handbook-sized book. So what I'm hoping to do, and this is what I'm going to look at in the next couple of months, as well as Wiley, the publishers, they will do what they need to do, but I, I, I will proactively, in the learning curve of, of, of publishing our first book, will uh, approach organisations that I feel if they gave it out to their customers would uh have a beneficial relationship from that. So there's a lot of people who are like such as banks who deal with small business owners. And so if they're in a position to say, hey, we've got just purchased a thousand books off Heather and they can hand it out to the small business customers when they take out their first loan with them or uh, banks, insurance agencies, um, real estate agents who are leasing properties, those sorts of people. That's one of the concepts I have in place. I also, um, I've been running a business for for five, six years now, and I have, uh, every time I do any sort of promotion, it's promoting me and it's using up my actual time. Mm. And so this is the first time I'm actually going to have a product in place because if you over-promote yourself, you're just working more and more and more, which isn't necessarily the solution. So for me, this is just such a relief to finally, I, I do have an ebook, but to actually finally have a product out there that I can promote. So I will continue, I'll, 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 I'll mass hit the blogs. And look, I would really like to uh, more formally write for the newspapers and hopefully that way can promote the book because, uh, you know, I, I, 
I would like to do sort of the thing like you yourself do, Valerie, or like uh, Noel Whitaker does, uh, and and have that pay the bills and get the book out there and promote it out there. There are also training courses. So I'm, I'm already being called in on training courses and they're saying we'll use your manual to train people because it can actually be used as a, a training right. manual for a three-day course. So variety of ways. <laughs> and I think that that um, approach, the one where you are looking for um, multiple sales or bulk sales with, as you say, either a bank with small business customers or, you know, maybe a franchising operation is also one of the most underutilized strategies of writers out there. And in fact, with um, with your book, Al, with certain MMA organizations, again, instead of going for the individual sale, sometimes the bulk sale is something yeah. that can save you an incredible amount of time and an incredible amount of effort and your return on investment is, uh, is you know, skyrockets, basically. So I actually think that um, it is one of the most underutilized, so you're ahead of the curve if you're thinking that way, yeah. uh, both of you, in terms of the bulk sales so you know good on you for for incorporating that approach so finally um i mean i I, it gives me a great thrill i'll be honest that you're both former students of the sydney writer center and it gives me a great privilege that you've become great friends as well um what's on a final note um what would your advice be to people who might have been you you guys a year ago so they haven't or, or two years ago you know where they they want their book out there but they just you know don't know what to do next what's your advice to them now that you've actually done it well, why, don't, okay. yeah, why, why don't we start with al yeah, I guess mine would be uh, drink lots of coffee and wine with publishers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really. I mean, I think, you know, I, a year ago, well, a year ago, exactly, I would never have dreamt of having or, or that becoming a reality. So, yes, it's a bit of hard work, um, but if you follow it through, the, the, it can be done. And it, and it really is just uh, following through on your dream. You can't... Uh, you can't let it pass you by because you, you really just you if you've got the passion you've got the talent you've got to go for it and there's uh, there's nothing to hold you back and you know that's one of the things about Australia in particular you know it's uh, the phrase a fair goal you know everybody will give you a fair goal so absolutely go for it and uh, and just believe in yourself great great advice Heather um, first of all, I would say that, well, for me, I would not call myself a former student. I'd call myself an existing student because I'm always learning from you. And and we are active. I'm not sure whether uh, Alistair has access to a forum, but I know I'm active in the forum. So, uh, And I probably will do more courses with the Sydney Writers' Centre. And as I said before, and it sounds really cheesy, but I, I got an immense amount from what was it, a five-hour, a five maybe a 10-hour course that I did with you, which was a, over a five-week period, and I felt I learnt more than all the time I spent at my very expensive school that I went to. <laughs> uh, uh, but so back to the question. You start, you start with journals, you start with one word, you start posting comments on other people's blogs, you, you construct sentences, you put them together, you go from four... You, uh, it amazes me that I go to, because I'm perhaps more of a technical writer, I go to business forums and people are posting these phenomenal responses to people's posts. And I'm like, well, why don't you just get that together 
and submit it to an editor and just start submitting it to an editor. And, and, and through the, create, the, the, the course that I did with you, you gave very clear instructions on how to actually approach editors, which admittedly uh, I, I, would have, I, I do find very hard to do. And, and, and I would have found like your, your methodology of doing it was, was pretty... Um, for me, scary, <laughs> but I think it was right. I'm not di dissing the fact that it wasn't right, but but it was pretty. So I was actually quite happy to be approached. But it's starting with words and just getting your words out there, and and also um, not attacking people online. Mm. But uh, if you don't agree with them, discussing the non-agreement with them. So I know that I've I've built a good relationship with uh, Kate Tribe from Tribe Research. She wrote an article, a blog post that I completely disagreed with. And, and initially I attacked it and I shouldn't have done, but it actually developed a really good relationship with for her and I did apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't be negative, but do put your opinions out there. And, and, and people, it's amazing, it's amazing who's, who's watching. And, and I know some of my blog posts, I've had calls from um, America from some of my blog posts out there saying, wow, that just blew me away. So you just got to get yourself out there and... Mm. You've got to find something. If you're reading something, if you're putting up posts, it amazes me that people can put it together. They've just got to keep writing and get something out there. So just just get going and just do it, basically. Just do it. So on that note, look, I'm so thrilled about both of your successes and I have no doubt that this is going to be only the start of many, many, many more. So thank you so much to both of you for your time today. Thank you, Valerie, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And thank you, Valerie, for all of your support and your insight and your wisdom and, and the directions that you've provided um, um, myself and, and I'm sure Alistair probably thinks the same. You're most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning, as well as information on our regular competitions where you can win books, movie tickets and literary experiences at www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au or visit me on my personal website, www.valeriekoo.com. That's Valerie Koo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.